everybody. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. I am so blessed and so honored that you are here with us today. This is episode number 13, you guys. Episode 13, and we are in season two. If you did not already know that, these are the five relationship mistakes that are wrecking your life. So this season is all about the mistakes that we make subconsciously and even sometimes consciously. So if you've been following along, you know that the first relationship mistake we talked about was apathy. On the last episode, we talked about comparison. And on today's episode, you all, we are going to talk all about unforgiveness. Now, this is an episode that really is going to hit home for a lot of you. Some of y'all are just going to be driving down your car with the gentle breeze on your face, minding your own business, and this message is going to slap you across the face. But that's okay, because it's also going to heal you. And so stay tuned. I want us to be able to walk through this conversation together because it is my hope that you actually receive the healing that you need in order to have really great relationships. But before we get into today's episode, you all, you might remember that I instituted a very new segment on last week's episode called Q&A with Dana Shea. And so every week I am going to be taking a listener question and I'm going to be answering them live on the podcast. And so today's question actually comes from someone who follows me on Facebook. And so this person wrote in. They asked me not to use their name, but I will tell you that it was a male, okay? Um, This person wrote in and said, My wife and I have been struggling to rebuild our marriage for a long time. I am starting to lose hope. I don't think I will ever be able to trust her again, even though I am desperately trying. How can I trust her when she continues to keep things from me? So first of all, brother, I just want to thank you so much for your question. I can totally relate. I definitely remember a time in my own marriage where I felt exactly the same way. So as you all know, I'm going to be answering these questions at the end of the episode. So you will have to listen to today's episode. And then at the end of the episode and our wrap up, I'm going to answer this person's question. So guys, today, my husband, Sean, is back with us. This is our third installment we have done in a row. And I think he's secretly starting to like podcasting. He's so funny. He's like, you know, oh, we have to do another episode episode and then he's like super talkative the whole time so it's been so fun you know we really like to just keep it real we laugh we joke we have a great time doing these episodes for you guys and hopefully you're actually getting something from them so today you guys we are going to talk all about unforgiveness like I said this is going to be a message that hits home for all of us because no matter what kind of relationship you're in be it platonic romantic professional, whatever kind of relationship you're in, you at some point are going to have to walk through this whole journey of forgiveness. And so I want to read to you a quote that just really, I think, sets up this episode in such a great way. And it is from the amazing and comparable Nelson Mandela. And this was a quote that he wrote in his book, A Long Walk to Freedom. And listen to what he says. As I walked out of the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. I love that. And that sets us up for such a great conversation on why we need to forgive. It's not just a matter of should we forgive and how do we forgive, but really understanding that forgiveness is a gift that you give to yourself as well as to the other person. If you don't forgive, like Nelson Mandela said, you are choosing to live in a prison of your own making. 
and it's just not worth it. So let's jump into our conversation today on the third relationship mistake that's wrecking your life. And this is all about unforgiveness. Well, we are back for our third conversation in a row, Sean. You are becoming a regular on this podcast. And I love looking at the reviews and comments from people who are listening. And everybody always loves when you come on. So today, uh, we are having a conversation about forgiveness. And I think no matter what kind of relationship you're in, whether you're in a marriage, a dating relationship, if you're a parent, if you just know a human being, at some point, you are going to have to forgive and you're going to have to walk in forgiveness. And I wanted to have this conversation with us because obviously we've been married for 21 years. There's been lots and lots of opportunities for forgiveness on both sides. So I just want us to be able to have a real practical conversation today and also to be able to give people hope I'm thinking of people who are really struggling with actually walking this thing out. So let's just get into it, Sean. You know, in our relationship, there's been hurts on both sides. And I think that that is to be expected. There's a lot of times when people get married, once they go through a hurt, uh, whether it be intentional or unintentional, they act like they're surprised. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my spouse actually, you know, hurt me or offended me. And it doesn't make it right, but whenever you're in a relationship with somebody, obviously there are going to be times that you don't see eye to eye. There's going to be times that you actually do things that wound the other person. And so I want to know if you can just, let's talk about how did you see forgiveness modeled as you were growing up? Uh, I think first we need to talk about what is forgiveness. I honestly think um, a a lot of kids aren't taught about forgiveness when they're young. And so growing up, you really, you've heard the word, but you really don't know what it means. And so when you have issues in your relationship, trying to forgive someone is a new territory. And so you're not sure how to navigate. And so I think that's why a lot of times it's so hard for individuals to forgive each other until they learn how to forgive and learn what true forgiveness is. So what would you say true forgiveness is? To me personally, true forgiveness is um, when someone apologizes for something, for some wrong they did, that you let it go and you're done. You don't bring it up. You don't hold on to it. I mean, you forget about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how you said it's letting go. And I would define forgiveness as canceling a debt. You know, I think about if, if you owe $50,000 to Sally Mae for a student loan and you get a letter in the mail. This actually happened to one of my friends a few years ago. I think they owed like $25,000 on a student loan and they received a letter in the mail and it was like, your account balance is zero. Out of the blue, they didn't actually pay for their account. They have no idea how their account balance got down to zero. They did not ask any questions. They were like, thank you, Jesus, and we're done. And to me, that's what forgiveness is. It's, it's a cancellation of a debt. Sally Mae would not be able to call that customer back in three months and be like, well, you know, the economy turned and we need you to start making payments again. We made a mistake. Right, right. It's like, nope, we canceled that debt. And so you're done. I think it's so hard for us to forgive because a lot of us have not really seen it modeled in our lives. And so if you haven't really grown up looking at a healthy relationship or if you have not seen 
instances of forgiveness, it's going to be difficult for you to just pull that out of a hat when you are wronged. So, Sean, what was that like for you growing up? Not necessarily just from your parents. I mean, obviously it could have been from your parents, but like, what did you, what were you growing up to believe about forgiveness? I really don't have an answer. So that means really not too much. I mean, you hear, I grew up in a church, grew up in um, Sunday school. So I heard about forgiveness. Um, you know, you hear Jesus forgives your sins and for you in heaven, different things like that. So, but again, like I said earlier, if you're not really, um, explained really what forgiveness is and shown how how it works and shown examples of it, you really don't know. And it wasn't until later on in life, when I was much older and adult, when I really had to learn forgiveness and on the fly. Mm. I grew up seeing forgiveness as retaliation, if that makes sense. Mm. You can forgive, but there's always going to be a price to pay. And so I might say, hey, I forgive you, but you best believe that's going to come at a very heavy cost. So you really didn't forgive him. Exactly. I mean, that wasn't the definition of forgiveness at all. That was actually called carrying a grudge. Even though the words, Mm -hmm. I forgive you, were spoken, it wasn't necessarily backed up by the releasing, that action of release. Right. And I think it's so hard for us to release because... It's a self-preservation mechanism. It's like, if I can hold on to something that you did, then I'm somehow protecting myself from you doing that thing again. That or is even, you know, you were wrong, so you want payback. Right, right. So, I mean, that's just a natural reaction. Mm-hmm. If someone wrongs you, you want payback first. And, you know, not till you receive payback, then things are even. So being able to walk away and not having um, things being so-called even, it's tough. Right. I think one of my favorite quotes on forgiveness, and I tweeted this out a couple years back. I actually tweet it every now and again, even though I'm not really on Twitter that much. But anyway, um, and it the quote is, holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm. And I don't know who originated that quote. Um, there's been a couple of people attributed to to saying that. But what I do know is that I I am definitely um, a justice oriented. Yes, person, you are. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a strength. It's a strength. However, it can become an issue in a relationship when I feel like I have been wronged and I don't feel that that other person is either sorry or I don't feel like that other person has quote, paid whatever they're, whatever they owe. Right. Mm. And so forgiveness actually throws the whole justice thing for a loop because it doesn't mean that justice isn't served, but it means that the person who quote does the time isn't always the person who did the crime. Mm. And we see this in Christianity. This is one of the beautiful things about our faith is that When we were guilty, and all of us are, we are all guilty of sin, we owed a huge debt. It was a debt that we couldn't pay. And so Jesus is the one who's paid our debt. The debt didn't just go away. It's not like God just said, oh, don't worry about it, you guys. You can come on and, you know, enjoy your life and come and live with me forever. No, there had to be a debt that was paid. And so Jesus is the one who took that debt upon himself. And so I think in a relationship If I see that there's been a debt owed and nobody's stepping up to the plate to pay it, 
that is a hard pill for, for me to swallow sometimes to just be like, oh, it's okay. I forgive you. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, it's not as hard for me as you per se, but I do have those times where I'm like, uh, that's a lot of forgiveness going on supposedly, but, um, you know, there's no, it's not, uh, it's not, things are not equal per se. So, um, yeah, I might, I might get wrong in something very small, but a few small wrongs over time equals one big wrong. And yeah, sometimes I just hold on to it and don't really forgive, even though I say I do. Yes, I know this to be true. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously. And that, no, honestly, though, so a lot of people can say, oh, I forgive you. They can say the words, but the actions don't line up with it mm-hmm. because people still hold that little grudge. You know, when you're in a relationship, this can be like a friendship or maybe you did something wrong on your job and you went to your employer and you were like, hey, I'm really sorry about that. That was my bad. I shouldn't have done that. And they're like, OK, that's fine. But then you get passed over mm-hmm. for a promotion or you stop being invited to certain meetings. That's not really what forgiveness is. And to take it back to a romantic relationship, if you say that you forgive your spouse or the person that you're dating, first of all, forgiveness doesn't say that what was done wasn't wrong. Mm -hmm. It's also not an excuse. It's not like, oh, you didn't mean any harm by that. Don't worry about it. That's not what forgiveness does. Forgiveness actually acknowledges that there was a wrong that happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, you literally do owe somebody a debt. But then forgiveness comes along and says, even though you owe me that debt, I'm going to release you from that. And I'm going to treat you well and give you a full massage and let you know how much I appreciate you by forgiving you. Sometimes massages would not be appropriate. So (laughs) if we're talking about a work, a work, you know, situation. you just said romantic Mm -hmm. relationship. You and your massages. Okay, so... (laughs) Yeah. So if you say to somebody, I forgive you, but then in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, but they still need to do X, Y, and Z, then that's not really forgiveness. Mm. Now, what I'm not saying is that there's not consequences sometimes and that there should not be retribution. Because I believe if somebody is genuinely sorry for what they've done, they might not, quote, owe you a debt. But if they're truly sorry, they're going to seek to pay that debt. They're going to seek to provide some sort of restitution. They're going to make it right. And I think that when you have somebody who's not interested in making it right, to me, I'm going to question if that person is truly repentant or not. I mean, but then that gets into, are you a judge? I mean, how can you, how can you really tell if that person is truly repentant? You know, um, that's why I try not to get into that. You know, once you tell me that you're sorry, I forgive you and I have to press on. You know, I'm not God. So I I can't see what's inside your heart. I can't see if you're truly sorry or not. I mean, I just have to take your word for it and press on because also that can lead to, let's say, uh, you do you wrong me. And I say, I forgive you, but I really don't forgive you now. That's going to eat away at me. Mm-hmm. So now we're both in a bad position, you know, mm-hmm. bad place because that's eating away at me, taking away from my happiness. You know, I, I don't really forgive her. I'm going to get her back. Can't wait to get her back or so. And you may you may have you know, truly forgotten me. You've pressed on. So I'm holding on to something for again for weeks and times. And then I think this happened to us before. I've held on to something. And you're like, what are you even talking about? Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, you know, I'm holding on to this whole time, really thinking you weren't sorry. And you 
I'm sorry, and I and pressed on and moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a difference. I'm not saying that the person that's offering forgiveness shouldn't move on. What I said is that if someone is truly sorry, they should make a step. They should actually initiate retribution. Most people, when they're sorry for something, they want to know, how can I make that right? If I stepped on your toe and you're bleeding all over the place, I, it's not enough for me to just be like, I'm really sorry about that. Like, hey, can I get you a Band-Aid? Mm. Why don't you sit down? You know, what can I do to help you? Can I get you some water? Like something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying is that when you're in a relationship with somebody, yeah, you do need to forgive and know you can't wait for that other person to show that they're sorry first because you might be waiting for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So the forgiveness is your responsibility for sure. But my point that I'm making is the person who has offended mm-hmm. you If they're truly sorry, there should be something in them that says, I am interested in making this right, even though you've released me from that debt. Mm. I have a question for you. Yes, sir. So how do you forgive when the person isn't sorry? That's tough. I think that forgiveness is always your responsibility, regardless of whether that person is sorry or isn't sorry. You know, I think about there are times that um, let's say somebody was raped or molested in their youth. Right. And they're like, okay, I have to forgive this person. But the person who did that to them has died. Well, there's no way that the person is able to say, I'm sorry, they're Mm -hmm. dead. But you still have to forgive. Because again, think about that, you know, quote that I said earlier, forgiveness, when you hold on to unforgiveness, you're drinking the poison. Mm -hmm. And so you have a responsibility to yourself, not just to the other person, but to yourself to say, I'm going to forgive you because I cannot afford to carry this any longer. You know, the Bible is really clear about this. Jesus talks about forgiveness a lot. And one of the scriptures that he talks about forgiveness is in Matthew 6, 5. And he says, if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you of your sins. And I understand that everybody who's listening to this podcast might not identify themselves as Christian. But for those who actually do identify themselves as Christians and those who are actually interested in following the way of Jesus, forgiveness is not an option. It's not something that we can choose to do or choose not to do. I mean, this Bible verse is really clear. Like, if you do not forgive other people, your sins will not be forgiven. So think about how expensive unforgiveness is. That means that you are willing to risk your eternal destiny for some foolishness that somebody else did. I'm just not willing to risk that. It's just not worth it to me. So if I have to say, you know what, this other person isn't sorry, they haven't come to me, they haven't even acknowledged what they did, you know what, I'm going to have to release them and pray for them and send them on their way, but I cannot afford to walk around with this grudge, with this angst, with this pain in my heart because it's not worth having my prayers unanswered and having my sins unforgiven. You know, I think that's just a life principle, period. I mean... No matter what you believe in, I mean, you said, I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to release them so you can walk free. Mm-hmm. Because if not, that will weigh on you forever until you release them. You will think about that thing. You will, I mean, that person would have been gone and moved on and you're still dwelling in it. Right. 
Yeah. I was coaching a newly married couple recently and I asked them about this, you know, because obviously if you're just getting married, like these are the kinds of conversations that people need to be having in premarital coaching or premarital counseling. What do you think about forgiveness? So I asked this couple, I said, do you guys feel like forgiveness is optional? And they were both like, yes. And I was like, okay, pause, (laughs) put the brakes on. Like, really? And so we talked about that, you know, and we kind of, you, I understood what they were saying as far as like, of course, nobody is going to force you to forgive. But at the end of the day, if you want to have an intimate relationship and a deep connection with anybody, you have just got to decide up front, this relationship is probably going to require some forgiveness at some point. Mm-hmm. If you never have any conflict with the people that you're in relationship with, you're probably more like acquaintances. Mm. The, the people that are closest to you have the most access to your heart. And therefore, those are the ones who can hurt you the most. And so we have to just kind of be aware that when you're building a relationship with somebody, a romantic relationship, especially I'm talking about a marriage or, a, you know, a deep relationship. If you're building a relationship like that with somebody, you're going to have to choose at some point and probably multiple times in that relationship to walk in forgiveness. Ditto. I agree. So I want to be able to give people some practical steps because it's one thing for us to just say, hey, forgiveness is good. You need to forgive. But what I find is a lot of people are like, I don't know how. Like, I'm stuck. I don't know how to move on. I know that I need to forgive and I've tried to forgive and I just can't. I don't know about you, Sean, but I felt that way. I felt like, you know what? I want to forgive him. I'm talking about you. You know, I want to forgive him for whatever but I just feel stuck. I feel like it's just empty words. I feel like I'm saying I forgive you, but it's not really genuine. And Mm -hmm. so what has helped you if you've ever felt that way to actually do the work of forgiveness? Like I said earlier, for me, I came to a realization that the longer I harbor uh, unforgiveness, the more secluded, more um, depressed, or more angry. So, I mean, I became, and life was not happy. I mean, it was disappointments, you know, and it was just a lot of a lot of downtime, mm-hmm. you know. And once I realized what was going on, I was like, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, and once I was able to release it and forgive and press on, mm-hmm. I moved on from it and was, was done. You know, I released released it no matter how you feel or so or whoever's harmed me you know i'm going to a situation now at work at my military job where you know it's all of a sudden you know people lying on me and coming at me hard i mean it's hard it's tough and i mean this is good for me right now i mean because i have to release it forgive them for making up stuff and press on because if not i mean i you told me earlier, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to be there and be miserable. And you're like, don't speak that over yourself. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize what I was doing. I mean, I realize it now, so I'm going to release it. That's great. Yeah, you know, I think when you talk about kind of the outcome of holding on to unforgiveness, it's the poison. It's the depression. It's the isolation. It's the angst. It's the anxiety. It's the fear. It's the anger. It's the attitude. Like, that is what the poison looks like. And so when we're trying to help people ourselves included, right? Cause we're not like experts in forgiveness, <laughs> you know, like we have to walk this out every day. And I think that forgiveness is both a choice and a process. Mm-hmm. It is simply choosing to do the work 
and saying, I know that I this is not optional. I know that I have to forgive, but it's also a process. Depending on how deep the wound, you might have to forgive that person every single day for six months mm. or for a year or Goodness for however long gracious. it takes. I mean, that's just real. Like mm. if you're dealing with somebody with something that is deeply painful, mm. you simply slapping an I forgive you on it is probably not gonna do the work. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna do the job. And so it's waking up in the morning and saying, even though I want to pull out that you owe me receipt, I have to tear that up. I have to burn it. You know, I can't do that. I have to choose every day to forgive. So how many receipts you got to burn? How many receipts we got? You know, honestly, I don't have any unforgiveness towards you. Like, I feel like, and now this is today, okay? (laughs) Like, you might have to ask me this tomorrow. But no, but I feel like I've done this work. Like, I have... I have gone through enough with you and not just you, Sean, but others. You guys are hearing it first. I've gone through enough that I've learned what it looks like. I've learned that my peace is never worth me holding on to anything. Like my peace is so valuable. It's so precious and I have to have my peace. And so I don't have, again, I feel like a broken record. I cannot afford to hold on to unforgiveness. And so what I want to encourage people to do, you know, when you're when you're trying to figure out, okay, I get it. I know I have to forgive. But what does that look like? I would say the first thing people need to allow themselves to do is to feel the pain. And that sounds like painful, right? Like we don't want to feel pain. We are really good as Americans at numbing pain. We numb pain through all kinds of addictions. We numb pain through working too much. We numb pain through keeping ourselves busy all the time. We numb pain in a lot of different ways. But I think the first thing we have to do is feel the pain and to say that really happened. You know, I think a lot of times when people are talking about unforgiveness, they're tempted to somehow um, make an excuse for what happened. Or to minimize what happened. But mm-hmm. that's not helpful. Right. You know, you have to say, no, that really sucked. <laughs> like, that really, really sucked. That person did me dirty. That person did me wrong. And that sucked. And you have to allow yourself to feel that. And then I think you need to choose compassion. You know, we've all heard it said that hurting people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so if you're able to look at the person who hurt you with eyes of compassion, now, side note, I don't really know how people do this without Jesus, like straight up. I I cannot do this in my flesh. However, if you are able to look at people with the eyes of compassion, again, this is not about making excuses. It's about creating empathy. It's saying, but by the grace of God, I may have made that dumb decision too, you know, If I were going through what that person was going through, maybe I would have done something similar. And again, it's not making an excuse, but it's having compassion that if someone has wounded you that deeply, there's something going on with that person. Mm. So at work, right, if that person, if those folks are lying on you and trying to, you know, come after your position, what's going on inside of them that would make them so insecure that they have to make up something about somebody else? You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That's real. Yeah. And so, again, it's not saying, oh, well, don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Like, it's saying, okay, I see you. I see you. I see you, though, with eyes of compassion. And so that's the second thing that I think people, we need to do is, first of all, we're going to allow ourselves to feel, and then we're going to choose compassion. 
And then I've already said it, but the third thing I think we need to do is just to simply release the debt. Mm-hmm. You have to say it out loud. You remember when the boys were little and we would always be like, you know, when they would hit each other or do something, one kid would have to say, I'm sorry. And then the other kid couldn't just be like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, what did they have to say? I forgive you. I forgive you. It's something about those three words that is powerful. You're speaking to yourself as well as to that other person. Right. And you can do this even if that person has died, even if you have zero communication with that person anymore, even if that person isn't around or they won't hear you or whatever, you can still say, I forgive you. Mm. And then number four, I think we need to then remind ourselves that the debt has been canceled. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like sometimes I would wake up and I would be tempted to hold on to something. And I have to remind myself like, oh, we ripped up that receipt yesterday. Yeah, those are nice. I felt you staring at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With my knife under the pillow, right? It won't really under the pillow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the the point is, is that like we have to remind ourselves, like I have chosen, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Sometimes you have to say that like over and over. Write it on your bathroom mirror, tattoo it on your arm, do whatever you need to do, but remind yourself of the decision that you made. And then fifthly, and finally, I would say seek reconciliation if possible. Now, I always say to couples that I coach, to people that I talk to, there is a big difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Every relationship cannot be reconciled. True. You know, if someone is constantly harming you, that is not a reconcilable relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think about women who are in abusive situations, whether they be emotionally abusive, physically abusive. And I guess men, men too can obviously be abused. But if you are in a relationship with somebody who is constantly harming you, maybe even if it's a friendship and they're constantly telling your secrets, um, somebody's constantly stealing from you, um, someone's constantly rejecting you, whatever it is, right? There are times that those relationships are not ready to be reconciled. Mm. Doesn't mean that reconciliation is completely off the table, but it means that that person is not safe enough for you to begin investing in the work of reconciliation. And so let's put reconciliation on the table for a second and just work on the forgiveness part. Because when you're forgiving someone, it's an act of healing for yourself. So true. Yeah. And you have to take the time. You can't rush it. Now, you still have to choose every day. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Yes, I forgive that person. I forgive that person. But then you actually have to give yourself time to heal. And someone asked me, actually, I've been asked this question a lot. How do you know when the process of forgiveness is complete? That's a good question. How do you know? What would you say? Me personally, is when I don't think about it anymore. That's good. I would say I know when the process of forgiveness is complete when I do think about it, but the sting is gone. So it's like, oh, yeah, I can remember that person did that to me. But, you know, my heart doesn't start racing and I don't start having flashes of like what I can do to them to get them back. You know, it's when the sting of that thing is gone. Uh That is when I know that that forgiveness process has been complete. Good, good, good. So I just want to encourage you all, you know, we are all on the journey of just becoming and growing and maturing. And a part of that is learning how to forgive people who wrong you. Yes, it's not easy, but it can be done. Right. And if we're not willing to go through this process, then you're going to have very shallow 
and very temporal relationships. But if you are in it for the long haul, if you think, you know, hey, I want to be married for 50 years, think about all the people that you know that that have been married for 50 years. I mean, ask them. That's why it's great to talk with your grandparents and other older couples and, and people like that, because you can ask them these questions like, how many times have you had to forgive each other? I guarantee they're all going to laugh and be like, girl or son, you have no idea. It is the currency of relationships. Forgiveness is the currency of relationships. And so you can do this. I, I Like I said before, I don't believe you can do this in your own strength. So if you are a person of faith, understand that you don't have to forgive alone. You have got the best example of forgiveness in Christ who can help you, who is ready and willing to help you. And if you don't know Christ, this might be a really great opportunity for you to get to know him. Because like I said, this is going to be very difficult for you to walk this out on your own. So I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you actually are able to experience the peace, the security, the comfort and the joy that comes from forgiveness. All right. Well, you guys, I'm not even going to pretend like walking in forgiveness is a cakewalk. This is not easy, but it is so worth it. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said, he who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. If we want to be people who love well, we have to learn how to forgive well. And so I really hope that this episode is starting you on this journey, this pathway to unconditional forgiveness. Now, at the top of the episode, I read to you a question from one of our Facebook listeners, and I'm just going to read the question again, and now I'm going to give you the answer. So this person who asked to remain anonymous, it is a male, said, my wife and I have been struggling to rebuild our marriage for a long time. I am starting to lose hope. I don't think I will ever be able to trust her again, even though I am desperately trying. How can I trust her when she continues to keep things from me? And so to this listener, I would say, first of all, rebuilding trust is not your responsibility. That is your wife's responsibility. Forgiveness is your responsibility. And forgiveness is something that you, again, as we've said on this episode, something that it's a debt that you're going to release from her. And it's also a gift that you're going to give to yourself. But rebuilding trust is the person who broke trust their primary responsibility. There are so many different ways that someone who has hurt you, someone who has wounded you, so many different ways that they can actually rebuild that trust. And what I see a lot of times happening is the offended spouse or the offended person, they take all the responsibility to rebuilding trust. That's not your responsibility. Now, do you have a role to play in that? Of course you do. And I don't have time to go through all of those steps because we actually covered this pretty extensively, Sean and I did, on our inaugural episode together on this very podcast. It was episode number three, Rebuilding Our Marriage, Rebuilding Trust. And so if you haven't already listened to that episode, I want to encourage you to listen to that because we talk very candidly about how we were able to rebuild trust in our relationship. We have both broke trust. 
And it was a long journey on rebuilding that. Some practical things, though, that I would say that you can start doing right now is, first of all, as we talked about through this episode, is offering forgiveness. That's going to be huge for you. That's going to start your healing process. The other thing that you can do is to let your wife know that you want to trust her again. A lot of times when people have broken our trust, they don't even know that rebuilding trust completely is an option. And so if you let her know, hey, babe, hey, hon, whatever you call her, I want to trust you again. And then let her know what you're looking for. Because a lot of times people don't do what we want them to do because they don't know what we want them to do. And so don't just assume that she knows what to do. So if, for example, it would make you trust her more if she left her phone unlocked, then say that. You know, it'll really help me to trust you if you're not so secretive with your phone. If you take off the passcode, that is going to help me a lot to start trusting you again. Or you could say something like, you know, what would really help me to trust you again is if you're actually home when you say that you're going to be home. If you tell me you're going to be home by 10 and you don't show up until 1230, well, that's a problem and it doesn't help me to trust you. And so just being very direct and being very upfront about what you're looking for. But go ahead and make sure that you listen to that podcast episode number three. And I think there's going to be some really great information in there that's going to help you a lot. So you guys, that is our time today. If you've not taken the extra 10, 15 seconds to rate and review this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would do so. You know, this also helps other people who don't know me to be able to find this podcast. And so I appreciate you sharing the podcast on social media, but what also helps is for you to just simply write up a short little review or to actually give this podcast five stars. So lastly, if you have not already downloaded your free ebook, the five relationship mistakes that are wrecking your life, be sure to head on over to danashay.com slash relationship mistakes, where you can get access to your very own copy. And we will continue to go through the next two. We've only got two guys, two more relationship mistakes together. So that is it. You guys, thank you so very much for your support. Thank you so much for showing up every single week. Some of y'all show up every single week and you're listening to these podcasts. You're sharing them on social media. You're engaging and And I appreciate that. Building a community is all about reciprocal conversation. And so I love hearing from you. Keep those questions coming in. I am going to do my best to make sure that I answer every single question that I receive on an episode of this podcast. So take care, you guys. Be well, and I will see you on the next episode. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.